hit it, Phil. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees with rare and magic perfume? Oh, no! It isn't the breeze, it's Jackson time. La, da, da, da. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny. Uh, we are presenting another of the Jack Benny specials for our Jack Benny special summer. I've got my summer attire on. We're all good. Uh, anyway, I hope you're enjoying these uh, summer presentations we're presenting. This uh, time we're in 1968. This is uh, Jack Benny's bag, and it's a, a fun little special, and we'll just kind of go around and see what folks think of it. We have, of course, uh, Hope Sears with us. Hey, Hope. How's it going? Okay, <laughs> good. And we have, of course, Kathy Fuller-Seeley. And we have, well, because he's here, we have John Henderson. So, oh, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're delighted to have John with us. Uh, anyway, let's let's get into it. So let's go over to, I don't know, let's get Hope's uh, opinions first on this thing. What did you think of the special? I loved this special. Um, I just felt like it was... I've seen it before, um, but it, this time it gave me kind of time to like really look at like how things were kind of produced. Um, I think they tried to use like they tried to make it modern with like some of the editing styles and like I, I just find it pretty even I, I like the pacing of it and uh, it's. There were parts, though, that I, I guess I didn't see the full thing. So I must have been watching a version that was kind of cut down um, because I don't remember um, the graduate sequence in there. Um, so that was <laughs> that was interesting to see. Um, so, yeah, I just really loved it. I thought it was really colorful and I really appreciated it. Um, not being from this era i really appreciated the um explanation of the title (laughs) 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 because i i mean i've i've read like um i'm a fan of louisa may alcott so you have like um joe from little women and she has like a book from joe called joe's scrap bag and so like I would have thought it would have just been like that, like little vignettes, but no, this is uh, about Jack Penny's business. Yep. <laughs> All up in Jack Penny's business, <laughs> which I thought was just like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I just, I like, I think it's very colorful and very, I, I love, I loved it. Yes. And it definitely feels of the time it was in. And, and so that always is kind of fun. So uh, uh, let's go to John. John, what were your thoughts on the thing? Well, I knew the phrase bag from uh, Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. And this special definitely has an Austin Powers feel. Yes. And it, I sometimes I wonder, like, how much of this is like, this is genuinely the 60s and the 60s aesthetic and, you know, hippies and things like that. And how much is this is a spoof of this, the, the hippie culture and the and the aesthetic? I have no idea. I can't tell. But I loved it. I love this. I think of all the color specials, this is my absolute favorite. Nice. It is the 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 performances, the uh, the variety, the entertainers are all top notch. The production is excellent, excellent, and there's something that Jack Benny sort of tries to do in a number of his specials, and he really nails it in this one, which is like balancing who we know as Jack Benny 
and then trying to connect with the new audience. And I thought this was the perfect blending. Uh, you know, he's sort of this, uh, in some ways, out of place, but he acknowledges that. Uh, I could just rave about everything from start to finish, and maybe I will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much we want to spoil it. Um, you can spoil pieces of it, maybe don't, don't spoil everything, but yeah. Do we want to, do we want to keep the uh, surprise guests a surprise? I would think so. Okay, so there's some surprise guests which are delightful and surprising, and uh, I, I loved it. And in particular, this special has Rochester. Mm -hmm. And after yeah. the Jack Benny program, you know, it's like, oh, how can you fit Rochester into modern sen sensibilities? Yeah. You know, it's like he's so specifically this thing on the Jack Benny show. And some of the great comedy comes from him being, you know, in this, you know, butler role. And how could you bring that? And they found a way to bring it into the modern 60s uh, and still maintain this great same, you know, rapport relationship between Jack and Rochester and still show him the respect that would be expected at this yeah. time period. I love I love this special. I, it makes me wish that they would have played out that more and used Rochester in more of the specials because he's not sure. in that many of them. Yeah, Unfortunately, I think his health became an issue. So oh, okay. probably so. So uh, anyway, let's go to Kathy then. Kathy, what were your thoughts? Well, on? I totally agree with you all. This, I think, is my absolutely favorite special and i'd not seen it until fairly recently but i'm blown away by the graduate parody i want because i teach in a department where the older film scholars who are of the same age that they came of age in the late 60s and they worship the graduate as being the start of the hollywood renaissance and they all think that they're the bright college, you know, graduate, nerdy college graduate who gets to sleep with beautiful Anne Bancroft, mm -hmm. as well as uh, Catherine, whatever her name is. Um, and so I want to show this to them to go look at this marvelous parody of this movie you love. And it's so long and detailed. I had forgotten that yeah. there was also a scene, you know, uh, uh, in the garden with, with uh, Phyllis Diller at her very best. And, and hope as much as in a previous broadcast, we were talking about how Gracie Allen has not gotten much due. Only right. now are feminist media scholars starting to talk about uh, Phyllis Diller's humor and yeah. give her the credit. Oh, uh, that's I, great. When I was a kid, I always thought, thought of her as the crazy lady with the Cruella de Vil hair. Yeah. Um, but what she did was fabulous. And this is one of her best ever, I think, parody roles. She and Jack really pull it off in an amazing way. Well, um, we just recently show, had her in another and special, and she did so good right. in that one, too. I mean, she... That one, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing the Miss America contest yes. or whatever, the beauty contest. Yeah. So uh, uh, Phyllis is a, a, a gem who needs to be... Um, appreciated i absolutely adore the parody the only thing i had an issue with was why eddie fisher in 1968 i mean you know liz is far behind him he's he's not a rock and roller although i love the lou rawls uh yes. singing a quite political uh uh song mm -hmm. uh for his specialty but as i said oh eddie really so but it was the uh um uh, it was the only downside was they could have picked somebody other than Eddie Fisher, but um, again, it's probably appealing to a, a different audiences. They're going, oh, Eddie Fisher will appeal to these folks, and then Lou Rawls yes, will appeal to exactly. these folks, and yeah. 
just as you say, and, and thus the stew is made. So um, I, I learned elsewhere that um, uh, Texaco and its advertising agency had been winning awards in this year that the uh, Jack Benny, I'll take one gallon of gas, please. <laughs> uh, uh, ad campaign was a huge hit, uh, but, but you know, so for professional innovation as well as very popular. Yes. So, uh, so right. hooray, Jack that's... found a way of, of another word. And this uh, one award show says it really talks about Jack participating in the editing and creation of the commercials, ah. bringing his comic timing into uh, those things. I thought that was really interesting. John, you were going to say something, I think. Oh yeah, I did. I did like the uh, the Texaco commercial yeah. as well. Adorable kids are always uh, fun. It was not maybe of all the Jack Benny commercial spoofs we've ever seen. It wasn't maybe the most entertaining, but it yeah, it no, fit and it was uh, it was fun. But but he's everywhere. Um, of of in that year, uh, they've got him on posters at the gas stations saying, you know, I'll take just uh -huh. one gallon. And, and and there's there's ads too like in magazines and stuff of the um like i similar concept of like even jack benny would you know uh be love these prices or whatever like you know it's uh and it, it it's a fantastic ad campaign i was wondering is how long did this ad campaign last? Because I feel like I've seen those girls in another special. Yep, they were. They were in They were in a few specials uh, for Jack, at least a couple. And the second to the youngest uh, is Pamela Ferndon, who later on would, uh, would be the voice of Lucy on uh, the uh, Charlie oh. Brown. Oh, really? In, in, oh. I think on the series, and then she was also in some of the specials and things. So uh, she, she played, her voice stayed pretty similar for a long time. And so I think there was quite a number of years. She might be the main, she wasn't the one from like the early things. She was too young, I think, to do like the Christmas special, which of course is the most popular. But she did probably the most of being Lucy of anybody. Wow. Uh, she also was on, uh, she was um, the daughter of Felix Unger on uh, the uh, the Odd Couple. Wow. And and she uh, was on a, a lot of different things. She, she has a, a wonderful um, Facebook presence and where she talks to fans like all the time. And then she'll present like each, a number of times a week, she'll present a picture from one of her, uh shows that she did or guest star on wow. something or whatever and then she'll give you a lot of behind the scenes background on it and so it's kind of like a, a a living sort of biography that she does that that uh, that's a lot of fun and uh i know a few performers that do something similar to that um i don't even know if she has a book out but i mean you said somebody could just take and combine all the things she's did she posted and put that and make that a book if they wanted to um but she's yeah very and very willing to Fans will ask her questions about a post she created, and then she'll answer the questions and stuff. So, uh, a very um, what uh, live presence on on Facebook would be yeah. uh, anyway, and and just a great person who was in so many things that you don't realize. You know, it, it, her and the other person that does a very similar thing is uh, Billy. Uh, is it Moomy? I think is how you say it. Billy Moomy that was uh, on Lost oh, in yeah. Space as as uh, Will. Uh, Robinson, and uh, he has a great Facebook presence, and I love his 
he does uh, every Monday. He has a Monday movie music moment or something like that. <laughs> and he'll play a song and, and he does it every Monday. I think he started it right around COVID or a little before COVID and then just kept on doing it. People loved it. And so he just, he gets on there with his guitar and he tells you which guitar, I mean, he's a, a big musician thing. And so he'll, he'll tell you, explain the guitar he's playing it on and things and where he got the guitar and so forth. And then he'll play you a song and, and then he, wishes you well and then you have another and he's, he's just both of them are charming uh facebook features to read because they're just they come across as just such friendly down-to-earth people that and 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 yet presenting these amazing things for on his side it's just crazy the stuff he was in he could talk about being on twilight zone and he could talk about being on alfred hitchcock presents and meeting hitchcock and how hitchcock scared him um, he's just got a, and, and he just released a, a, a new book, a biography that he has that uh, he keeps, you know, talking about and things. And so that, that's a, a lovely read from what I hear. Anyway, so well, now we're uh, going to go on a, a major Mumi tangent. So yeah. I know you're a fan of the Twilight Zone and, you know, yes. his famous episode of the Twilight Zone. Did you ever see the uh, the sort of sequel episode from the 80s? I did, and 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 I enjoyed that as well. It was neat having. It was strange having somebody that did had a part as a little kid revisit yeah, that, that piece as a grown up. But it was really cool that they did that. Yeah, yeah. And, How did they, was it a a one shot uh, a movie of the week or was it on? No, they show? in the eighties they did a sort of revival of the Twilight Zone. Oh, okay. So it was a series, and uh, and one of them they grabbed was he's probably one of the performers that's still around that that they could grab, and so they grabbed yeah, that. And they had his actual daughter be a sort of similar character that he played when he was a kid. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Pretty cool. So pretty, yeah, charming, and just. And anyways, uh, back to Jack Benny's bag. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do we have but, Kathy? I, do we have any reviews of it or anything? Oh. Oh yes. And for once, we're all in agreement. I believe they loved it as well as we loved it. And mm -hmm. I would say the writing was so sparkling. This one moved so quickly, um, uh, or compared to other Jack Benny specials. And I wonder how much of that is due to Arthur Marks participating. He's Groucho's son. Mm -hmm. And he was a screenwriter and journalist and, and things like that. And I don't remember seeing his name on other specials. But and oh, the and other he was thing one of the writers of the special? Of the special, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I was wondering the if there other, was something different about it. So Yeah, yeah well, I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Yeah. But I also love the connections to Laugh-In. Now, I won't say how that connects to any uh, guest performers there, mm -hmm. but this has a Laugh-In style to it. Again, mm -hmm. sort of more quick more mixing of old jokes with hip young newness. Um, right. And it's that Laugh-In would be a huge success, whereas on NBC, whereas on CBS, the Smothers Brothers were getting increasing censorship pressure because, mm -hmm. you know, for doing the same thing, but with a little less sex and a little more anti-war discussion, right. CBS was putting the hammer on the Smothers Brothers over at CBS, whereas NBC was letting Laugh-In do all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's that's for here that there. Okay, so our Jack Benny special, Benny's Bag. There was less gap and more generation in the hour that millions spent with Jack Benny Saturday. Uh, this was November 18th, 1968, so just after the election, yike. The past 
he has known was swept away in a cloud of psychedelic whimsy, and the now crowd won a new recruit. Master of the split second timed his special to the mores of the day, and the Nielsen numbers will spill over. That it was the fun show of the season's specials defies challenge. Benny could have gotten by on what he'd been doing since the first beep out of TV, but he just he discarded the old to be attuned to the times. The writers complied comply, excuse me, with such dialogue scraps as, quote, Rochester, I'm thinking about a new series in which you will play my valet. But boss, they're not doing that anymore, which I'll get back to because it's a marvelous way of finishing the show. The Benny monologue was also flavored with topical quips, the likes of while I was buying a hot dog, Howard Hughes was buying the whole block, which we will say is very odd today because everybody goes, who's, you know, oh, Howard Hughes was rich. And not crazy. There was a touch of <laughs> there was a touch of laughing done in two fast spots by guests we won't mention here. There were also cameos by uh, uh, two of the original Odd Couple. That's Jack Benny's way of doing things, and these people won't work for nothing. A takeoff on the Graduate with Benny as the reluctant lover and Phyllis Diller as Mrs. Robinson was a screamer, but never out of line. Dick Clark's visual proof that they had social problems centuries ago had Benny decked out in native habiliment. Any show would have stood on that as the outstander. Eddie Fisher and Lou Rawls tended to the musical portion with their accustomed finesse and were drawn into the comedy routines. Benny has never before worked so hard to make his show click. Even the long pained look and fiddling around were bypassed for more physical tomfoolery. Those who put Benny through his paces deserved more than their names in the fast crawl. Irving Fine served as ringmaster, abetted by Norman Abbott as producer-director, and writing battery of Bob Fisher, Arthur Marks, Hilliard Marks, Sam Perrin, and Ray Singer. What they contrived was inventive comedy of a high order. The Texaco commercials were cleverly integrated. Said Dennis Day, I understand you're broke and need money. Then why don't you buy only one gallon at a time? Then why don't you buy only one gallon? The ratings will prove that the T-viewers T viewers, want Jack back. And more often, it deserves another go around for those who missed it. So they're even saying, please rerun it. Run so it this is a smash review. And I wanted to point out for the um, the viewers, the marvelous last exchange at the end of the episode between Jack and Rochester, when Jack says, hey, let's come back on TV again. And he says, let's try being tennis players who are actually spies for the CIA or whatever he says. That was... Um, uh, what's the show with I Bill Cosby? I spies. So, um, so he's pointing to the some of the first sort of integrated, uh, buddy TV shows, and and Arach gets to say, no, no, we're doing that. And then Jack says, why don't we be bounty hunters at the end of the Civil War? And that turns out it was like a one season late cowboy era drama that featured a black actor and a white actor as equals running around the West being bounty hunters, and I forget its name, but it lasted one season, and Rock, that's the one, Rock just, oh, we've already done that too, and so Jack says, so why don't you be my my valet, and, and Rock says, no, we don't do that anymore, and then Jack ends up by saying, I don't know if it's on this version, but he says, then let's just go out and get a hamburger, um, which is just very sweet, so. Yeah, very so. sweet. So, hooray that Variety loved this one. Yes, and yeah. a great way to, to end the special, too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, to open it and to end it with Rochester was the best. I mean, it'd be nice to have another Rochester. Oh, I guess they did have a Rochester in the middle, 
Uh, but that was uh, yeah. not quite, didn't work quite as well as the other two. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, I, I, I always like to listen to the references and see how many I get and how many I don't get. Um, so obviously I've heard of Sammy Davis Jr. and, and uh, Simon and Garfunkel, you know, and The Graduate. Um, but I was wondering if you guys have more information about uh, some of these other ones. So, I mean, you mentioned in the review Howard Hughes. What, where was Howard Hughes at? What, what did people see? Uh, like, is it a Moses joke because he's got a long beard? No, no, it's before that. It's this time period in which he's the, he's the Elon Musk of like 1968. Incredibly rich and kind of weird doing things, but not psycho. I see. So, so it seems to me that's where Howard that's where Howard Hughes was in, the, in oh. that. I would I agree with that. This is before or after his plane accident because they say a lot of the craziness came after he was involved in a terrible plane accident. Could be. I don't know. Uh, and forgive my ignorance. I have no idea who Stephen Foster is. Oh, oh he's no. a he's a songwriter. In the eighteen hundreds, he wrote like um, he wrote um, like Camptown Races. Um, okay. Folks at home, um, like this, um, a bunch of like Oh Susanna, a bunch of popular folk songs, yeah. um, which I. This is the one thing from my job that will probably pop up here, but he is in the National Rivers Hall of Fame for writing a bunch of songs about, you know, the rivers culture and stuff and just yep. being a cultural icon. So that's fabulous. That's one joke I wish Jack Benny would rewrite because to me it implied though um at happy days of darkies on the plantation and it's like oh please don't say that to Lou Rawls when he's been you know doing a, a modern folk song about current you know social issues. Yeah, and that's, true. that's true. That's so, true. But but that's so thank you. Well, I think I think in one of Jack's TV shows he might have played. Yes, yeah, he I, played. He played a Steve in one of Jack's TV shows. He played a uh, he played Stephen Foster, and he's basically. I don't know if you have seen this one, John, but like it's where the one where um his uh wife is like shooting and at the and the wallpaper and they're. Um, tearing down the wallpaper and putting it into the p player piano and it's and he's creating the words to uh, yeah. yeah 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 so is that is that sorry is that a black and white uh like it's, jack benny show it's or a is jack it benny show yeah okay yeah. television show yeah yeah well one of the later ones i'm thinking yeah i don't something. i don't remember who was who was the star with that i don't um, remember either yeah but, but but yeah, I just remember the episode, so, so that struck me. And then the other thing that struck me when we were mentioning uh, that 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 he also comes up um, at, in uh, what is it? Um, Stephen? Uh, no, not Stephen. We were just talking about him. He's he's on uh, you. He he had that part where he played maybe the camel in the Jack Benny show. Where he was barely on, he just did a vocal because he wanted to do it, and then they never let him come back and do any more. He was on the TV on the. Oh, Stan Freeberg. That's it, Stan Freeberg. He was uh, he did the he did uh, the history of the United States of oh, America yeah, sure. or something like that, 
and in that he has a a, a, a decent section that's uh, on Stephen Foster and yeah. and how Stephen Foster wrote his songs and supposedly and things and and just a humorous piece, but it's right. a, it's a decent chunk of that uh, presentation. So yeah. I would encourage anybody that like is interested to like actually read about the career of Stephen Foster because um a lot of his music he died penniless because he I think he literally had two pennies in his pocket um you know uh he because the um the industry at the time didn't pay songwriters right. and so and he didn't he get would, royalties and all that kind of yeah, stuff he didn't get royalties um he, he eventually he kind of did um but for a long time he was cranking out some of the most famous tunes mm-hmm. ever for like a just a contracted pay um and agreed upon contract and obviously wow. like it wasn't very much so right. they got the most popular songs even in america that we still know um that it's so funny with that kind of stuff though because maybe that's why we get so many songs that he produced mm-hmm. because he had to get money he had to keep on producing yeah. more and more material and so we end up with these wonderful songs that if he was yeah. getting paid more maybe we wouldn't have gotten as many who knows right and yeah. he was um like so if you listen to the songs um today like it does seem like Fair, there's some definitely fairly racist things on there but I was reading how at the time they were tr- what 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 they were trying to do was to kind of even just give more of a voice even though he's a white guy writing for black right singers and you know but he was trying to give them a voice but not like he's well it's not- so hard at the time yeah. they were either uh black people either portrayed poorly mm-hmm. or they weren't portrayed at all like they didn't even exist mm-hmm. and i don't yeah. know which is better uh honestly yeah. of, of that if you're if those are your only two choices do you want to be presented as yes you exist but we're going to present you poorly or we're going to present it like you don't even exist i i don't know but mm-hmm. it, it yeah I, I, unfortunately now and at some point in the past it became better and better and better and we're featuring yeah uh, yeah well the only other uh reference that i was sad that i was not familiar with is i've never seen rosemary's baby and i didn't know who mia farrow was or what she looked like okay (laughs) well she's the mother of dylan farrow and uh she was uh together with woody allen for a number of years uh and you know so at, at the time though wasn't she with frank sinatra yes she was like eight she was very young 18 19 and this is one of the um early really creepy horror movies where she's you know pregnant with a baby and it's possessed and and right, it's really, right. so um but she did have that 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 little twiggy haircut and indeed he does look like Mia Farrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, just a great special overall. And uh, does anyone have anything else to throw in in this one or we're good? Oh, watch this one. Lots of great surprises for you. I'm glad we kept some of them uh, secret for you. And uh, I I was, when John mentioned um, Eddie, that he was on here, 
uh, I was thinking that's the one I was thinking that you could mention because Eddie's on here like right from the get go. So yeah. so you're going to see him right at the beginning anyway. And then a lovely piece at the end, as John sang too. So just um, one of the special. I, and when you listed all the writers, I was struck by that they weren't the regular writers. They were a lot of right, them, yeah. different writers. Right. Sam, Sam Perrin is the uh, the only uh, regular. So, yeah. Uh, and you mentioned Singer. Um, yeah. Did you know anything about him? His name Ray Singer. Yeah, Ray Singer is a wonderful writer who who wrote really? so many. He he wrote a lot of the. Uh, he was part of the writing duo that wrote so many of the Phil Harris shows. And so I, I'm guessing that he, he would have a big piece of this. Um, he wrote, you know, it comedy through the sixties and seventies, he was writing a lot of different shows. So, or a piece, one of the writing teams, you know, when it would, it would do these. So, um, so yeah. Great. And then there's yeah. Hilliard Marks. So. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and who knows what he brought to the show, but I'm sure he brought something. So anyway. Uh, enjoy this everybody and we'll see you next time for more of our Jack Benny special summer and I hope you're having a great time with it thanks thanks guys the following program is brought to you in living color on NBC
Jack Benny's Class, starring Jack Benny, with his guest stars, Phyllis Miller, Lou Rawls, Dick Clark, Eddie Rochester Anderson, and special guest star, Eddie Fisher. Brought to you by... Texaco. On behalf of Texaco dealers and distributors in all 50 states who bring you... Texaco Sky Cheap, the gasoline that can drive down the cost of driving and save you money. And since our show is all about what's happening today, here's what's happening with millions of families. The Texaco credit card. James Crawford of Temple City, California, has come in early to fill up with SkyCheap. He's getting some facts on Texaco batteries, too. He's using his Texaco credit card. While Mrs. Crawford's been shopping, her car's been getting a Havilland oil change and Marthac lubrication. Charge? Naturally. Mike Crawford, and everything he owes, is driving back to college tonight. Mike's looking over the famous name brand tires Texaco dealers display. He'll take along the Texaco Touring Atlas, and he can charge everything. Ask your Texaco dealer for an application and become a Texaco family. It's what's happening today. More and more people trust their car to the man who wears the Texaco star. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our show called Benny's Bag. Now, for you older folks, a bag means your business, your thing. See? Like the kids who put those psychedelic designs on my car. Painting is their thing. And after they painted my car, I asked them how much it would cost, and uh, they said, Mr. Benny, we never accept money. See, we believe in freedom, and we do everything for free. I would have brought them down to the studio with me, but right now, they're busy painting my house. <laughs> you know, I know when I drove in here, my car looked pretty dirty, but then today, who washes? <laughs> now, you may have wondered why I'm not dressed in the peculiar clothes and the, uh, you know, and the hairdo that, 
that's considered in today. Well, I tried that at rehearsal. Our director gave me a lot of wigs to put on and with long hair. And finally, they gave me one wig that didn't make sense at all. I mean, it had nothing to do with in or out or anything. I looked, I'll tell you what I looked like in that wig. You'd be, I looked exactly like Mia Farrow. <laughs> this is the kind of, would you, without, would you like to see what I look like with that wig? Just like Mia Farrow. Norman, Norman, run the tape made at rehearsal today. <laughs> See what I mean? By the way, did you see Mia Farrow in that picture, Rosemary's Baby? I wanna tell you, now I haven't seen it yet, but I read the book and I was so frightened. I'm, I was almost afraid to go to the movie. Really, I, I read the book and in one chapter, it was so scary, I let out such a scream, they threw me out of the library. <laughs> Now, getting back to my show, you know, every time I do a TV show, more people tell me, well, I, I don't want to sound vain or anything, but everybody tells me how young I look, ageless. They ask me, how do I do it? Now, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I really shouldn't, but I don't care. Now, you've been reading about all those miraculous operations where they transplant hearts haven't you? Well, this is a face transplant. <laughs> this is the face of a 19-year-old boy. <laughs> and the thing I love about it, I only have to shave twice a week. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that drives me crazy is that every time a beautiful girl walks by, my left eye winks. But the rest of me, eh. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've got today's face, yesterday's body, and 3,000 alligators. <laughs> anyway, to get on with the show. Hey, Mr. Benny. Uh, oh, hi, kids. Oh, uh, these are the nice young people I was telling hey, you hey, about. Hey, like we finished painting your house, Dig. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, to get on with the show, I want to tell you about an incident that happened when I was in Las Vegas, you see? Oh, oh yes. Oh, I forgot, I wanted to uh, tell them something you, uh, you might not be aware of. When young people hold up two fingers like this, it means peace and love, doesn't it? It means like you owe us $200 for painting your house. <laughs> Are you kidding? I wouldn't give Picasso $200. <laughs> and get out. Hey, look, man, you better pay us or else. Or else what? Or else we're gonna go back and lick all the paint off your house. <laughs> lick, go ahead. Lick, lick. It's probably dry by now anyway. <laughs> now, getting back to what I started to say, I played in Las Vegas not long ago, and while I was there, I had to go downtown, in Vegas, you know, to visit a friend of mine, in a big office building there. 
I, I, I wanted to tell you this story because it's true. Big office building. And when I left, I felt kind of hungry. And there was a hot dog stand right in front of this big office, this big office building. So I went over to get one, to get a hot dog, and I saw, of all people, Howard Hughes standing there. And you want to know something? While I was buying the hot dog, he bought the building. <laughs> I never saw such a fast transaction. He closed the deal before I could say, hold the mustard. <laughs> then when he left, you know, he, did, he didn't even talk to me. You know, he, he knew me, he didn't talk to me. He went, when he left, he went to the curb, raised his arm, the traffic parted, and he walked across the street. <laughs> Hughes, Howard Hughes is an amazing fella. You know, he is probably the richest man in the world. I bet he doesn't know how much money he's got. There's an old saying, of course, that if you do know how much money you've got, you're not rich. Now, take me, for instance. I don't really know what I'm worth. I don't know if I'm worth $5,386,412 or $5,386,410. I don't know, and I don't care. Well, anyway, to change, to change the subject, I was right in the first place. <laughs> well, if you're gonna get jokes that early, I don't have to finish it. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before I introduce my first guest, I would like to tell you one joke. And as a rule, I don't tell jokes. You know, I just ramble along and talk. But this one is so funny, I really want you to hear it. This is about two drunks that were standing at a bar, and one drunk said to the other, you know what I got my wife the other day? Or what I got for my wife the other day? The other drunk said, no, what did you get for your wife the other day? So the first drunk said, a poodle. So the other drunk said, this'll kill you. The other drunk said, Look at if I okay. I tried to tell you a hundred times. I must have said this to I don't know how many times. I tell you a hundred times you just shouldn't do it. That's all. You shouldn't do it. I, know. I, swear I know. I thought it would be funny. Well, it is funny to everybody else, but you just don't say socket to me to guys like Cassius Clay. That's well, all. I thought it would be funny. other drunk <laughs> said, I wish I could make a trade like that. 
That's the end of the joke. <laughs> Naturally, you know, it goes over much bigger when people don't interrupt like that. <laughs> Will you please tell those two guys there's another way to the washroom? Will you please? <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce my first guest. You know, the music that's sweeping the country today is soul music, the new sound. And I'm very happy to present a man whose records are on top of the charts, Mr. Lou Rawls. <laughs> Lou, I want to tell you it's a great pleasure having you on my show. Well, thank you very much, Zach. Now, before you do your number, Lou, there's something I wish you would settle for me. Well, I hope I can. What is it? Well, I got into an argument, you see, with a friend of mine about what makes soul music distinctive compared with other forms of music. And I think in this particular argument, I was right, you see. And since you're an authority, I wish you would explain it to me. Well, Jack, first of all, you see, soul music is invariably the musical expression of the uh, cultural attitudes and emotional experiences that found its origin in the Reconstruction period in the South, you see. And it sustains itself by the fundamental and oral <laughs> traditions, and this really accounts for the uh, continuing alterations of soul songs, you know? And to a large extent, you see, Jack, it justifies the urban, cosmopolitan, and contemporary soul singers' point of view. You know what I mean? Then I was right. <laughs> it's the last time Stephen Foster will argue with me. <laughs> Go ahead and sing it. Trip away. 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, to get on with the show, I would like to introduce a man who... Yes? Mr. Benny, we're here to do the Texaco commercial. You're gonna do the... the Texaco commercial? Yes, I said that much better before I locked my tooth. I imagine you did. Well, I don't care. I got 50 cents for my tooth. Fifty cents. Well, all right. Do the commercial. Roses are red, violets are blue. If you fill up your tank, our dad would love you. Fill up? Wait a minute. What is this? Well, Mr. Benny, our daddy is a Texaco dealer. And daddy says you never buy more than one gallon of Sky Chief gasoline. Hmm. He does, does he? Everybody knows you have five million three hundred eighty-six thousand. $412. They do? Gee, you must have lost a lot of teeth. <laughs> Why don't you finish the commercial? Okay, Mr. Benny. Our daddy says Sky Teeth can drive down the cost of driving. Daddy says that can save you money on mileage and repairs. And Daddy says it's because Sky Chief keeps deposits from building up on valves better than any other leading gasoline. Daddy says, Daddy says. <laughs> daddy says you really ought to fill up. Hmm. Is that all Daddy says? Uh-uh. Daddy says... You can trust your car to the man who wears the star, the big, bright Texaco star. <laughs> End of commercial? End of commercial. <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, during rehearsal, I was having a discussion with Dick Clark about the conflict between the young kids and the older folks today. See? And in this argument that we had, what is it? I'm, I'm sorry to barge in the, like this, but something has just got to be done. What do you mean? What's wrong? Well, now, I don't mind the small salary I'm getting and uh, using my own wardrobe or sharing my dressing room with an alligator. <laughs> but you've just got to do something about that maid you assigned me. Well, first of all, your maid? First of all, my producer handles that. What's wrong with her? What's wrong with her? Have you seen her? No. The sloppy way she dresses, her hair uncombed, and she smokes like a 
caffeine. And her makeup, she's just frightening. I can't believe that anyone can look that bad. Oh, you can't, can't you? Molly! <laughs> well, are you going to fire her? Look, Phyllis, there's no reason to make a big deal about this. In the first place, you look just like her. I do? Yes. <laughs> oh, maybe if I had a couple of teeth pulled, it would help. I think so. Ladies and gentlemen, during rehearsals, I was having a discussion with Dick Clark about the conflict between kids today and the older folks. And if anybody knows about it, he certainly does. Now, Dick and I agree that we're facing a generation gap as never before, you see? So... I didn't agree to that at all. What I said was that the generation gap is wider than it's ever been before, and we've always had it. We have? Why, sure. Take you, Jack. Did you have complete communication with your parents? Well, come to think of it, there was a lack of communication between my parents and me. Not that I didn't love them, you know. It was a toll call. <laughs> That's why. But, Jack, all through history, parents have had problems with kids. All through history? Mm. For thousands of years. No. What do you do, sir? We're taking a survey on the generation gap. Uh, I understand uh, you have a young daughter? Yes, I have. Cleopatra. Uh, do you uh, have any problems with her, you know, like with boys? Cleo? Don't ask. Is she, uh, she popular? Popular? If she doesn't stay away from those slaves, we'll never get those pyramids finished. <laughs> we were six days over on the Sphinx. I'm going out tonight. <clears throat> Not with that cockamamie eye makeup. Now take it off. But Julius likes it. Julius likes it. Julius Caesar is married. Where are your morals? Oh, Daddy, don't be so old-fashioned. This is 50 B.C. <laughs> I don't know what to do about her. She lies around on her barge all the time. <laughs> she just... She just has no ambition. Well, it's obvious you, uh, you have some sort of a problem. Uh, Cleopatra, your father's worried about your future. Just what do you want to be when you grow up? Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> oh, 
what is your name, please? Tom Lincoln. <laughs> Mr. Lincoln, we're uh, conducting a survey of the generation gap. Don't have no time for surveys. Ow! What was that? A bear trap. That'll teach you, Abe. <laughs> Trying to sneak off to the library. <laughs> that son of mine. What's wrong with him? He's a nonconformist. Hates the establishment. <laughs> Twelve years old, and he's growing a beard. <laughs> On top of that, he's got some darn fool notion he wants to be president. What's wrong with that? He's six foot five. I want him to be a basketball player. <laughs> Yes, is this the home of Chief Crazy Horse? Yes, it is. I'd like to talk to Mr. Horse. Okay, sir. Oh, crazy! <laughs> that no way to talk to father. You got him no respect for elders. How? Oh, what you want, pale face? Well, we're, and uh... don't give me any of that forked tongue jazz. <laughs> We're taking a survey on the generation gap, sir. Do you have any problems with your, your daughter here? And how? Any <laughs> haha won't weave them blanket. Won't make a moccasin. Tie them up, smoke signal all day with teenage friends. <laughs> is there anything she wants to do? All Minnie want to do is dance. <laughs> now stop it. Cut them out. <laughs> so presumptuous, sir. There's obviously a, a lack of communication here. Ugh. But you're not giving your daughter freedom of expression. If she wants to dance, let her dance. You want them dance? You get them dance. Dance, Minnie. <laughs> So you see, Jack, every generation has had his problem. Yeah, I guess so. But, Dick, let me ask you something. Don't you think I was great the way I played those three parts? No. <laughs> no? Dance, Minnie! <laughs> Word from Texas. One gallop! Ladies and gentlemen, the situation is getting out of hand. Watch. Captain! Hold me! One gallon. Ever since people have seen that Jack Benny buys only one gallon at a time, they've started to imitate him. Look. If you drive a car, it will pay you to fill up. Fill up with Texaco Sky Chief gasoline. You see, Sky Chief is so advanced, it can drive down the cost of driving and save you money on mileage and repairs. And if you happen to see Jack Benny, tell him for us. 
Roses are red, violets are blue. If you'd fill up your tank, Texaco dealers would love you. Hello? Hello. This is the National Television Rating Service. What are you looking at? The Jack of Hearts! Rochester! I mean, the Jack of Benny! Rochester! This is the Jack of Benny! I mean, Jack Benny! You're not watching my show at all, you're playing cards! Sorry! Wrong number! What? We don't even have a phone! I asked Rochester to do me a little favor. All I wanted was to get a simple, honest opinion of how great I am. <laughs> Believe me, it's the last time I'll ever ask a favor. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Jack. I want to present... Jack. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, ladies and gentlemen, I was just going to introduce you, Eddie Fisher. <laughs> Eddie, why... Why did you run like well, that? Well, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, Jack, but I took a taxi to the studio and, well, it's awfully embarrassing. I either lost my wallet or I left it in my other suit, so could you, uh... Well, of course I can. Can you imagine losing my wallet? Well, think nothing of it. Gee, thank you, Jack. You know, after all, what are friends for? I mean, anybody can lose a wallet. Here, use mine. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'll go out and pay the driver. You sing. Jack. Once upon a time, there was a tavern where we used to raise a glass or two. Remember how we laughed away the hours Dreamed of all the great things we would do No, no, no. 
Wonderful. Thank you very much, Jack, and thank you for taking care of my cab. Oh, that's okay. The fare was $4.50. I gave the driver a $10 bill and told him to keep the change. Gee, that was very generous of you. No, it wasn't. I found your wallet. <laughs> well. Hey, Lou. Come here. You know what this old man with a 19-year-old face just did? No, we're not old face. Look at what I'd like to see, never mind what I do, what I'd like to see you guys do now is your thing together. Okay. And Lou, I know what'd be wild. Yeah, what's that? You sing my songs and I'll sing yours. Groovy. Crazy. Look, I'll sing, uh, Hava, Nagila, Hava, you know. Yeah, and I'll do when the saints go marching in. Wait a minute, hold, hold on, hold on. Uh, That's not what I meant. See, if I'd have known this, I could have hired Sammy Davis Jr. and saved a fortune. <laughs> songs are great, but they're not the kind of songs you do on a show today. It's a daytime show. That's okay for you old folks. But us kids like something a little more groovy, like, uh, oh, that song, this, you know, that Mrs. Robinson, the way Simon and Garfunkel do it. Hey, I'll buy that, and I'll be Simon. Well, I'll be Belafonte. No, no, you mean you'll be Garfunkel. They'd never believe it. <laughs> it's my money. And you'll be what I want you to be. Now, come on, I'll show you what I want. From pleasure driving to pleasure flying, more and more people are doing it. And some start pretty young. For pilots, Texaco Airport dealers have a strategic service command. It's based on a very simple idea, to get you back in the air as quickly as possible. Because we know you need the best for your plane. At Strategic Service Commands, you get the best aviation fuels money can buy. The kind of attention money can't buy. Today, there are close to 600 Strategic Service Command locations, all honoring Texaco credit cards, and more on the way. The way we figure it, tomorrow your second car may just turn out to be an airplane. Strategic Service Command. 
another reason why more and more people put their trust in the Texaco Star. coming home today after four years in college. Yes, it's wonderful. I wonder if he's changed. I hope so. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Robinson. Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> Did you call Mrs. Hoffman? Yes, dear. Isn't it exciting that Benjamin's coming home today? Just think. He left us a boy, and now he's coming back a man. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to believe that you used to babysit with him. I can't wait to babysit with him again. <laughs> oh, but Mrs. Robinson, Benjamin is no longer a child. Now he's a strong, handsome young man. I know. <laughs> this time I'll pay you. <laughs> Target's here, Mrs. Robinson. Get yourself prepared to meet the test. You're the best. He'll be in shock, Mrs. Robinson. Once you start to get things underway. Hey, hey, hey. Boy, boy, boy. Hello, Momsy. My graduate. Hello, Dadsy. I think I'm gonna be sick. Oh, darling, it's so good to have you home. And your father and I have a little present for you. Oh, for heaven's sakes. An alarm wristwatch. <laughs> uh, I have something for you, Momsy. For your mother? Yes. Well, what is it, my graduate? Four years of laundry. <laughs> also, something that dropped over there. <laughs> you can have that later. <laughs> now, be sure and wash the pencil marks off the cuffs. You see, I cheated a lot. <laughs> now, come along, dear. You have to meet the other guests. Oh, I don't want to. I'm worried about my future. Oh, you can think about that later. Well, that's easy for you to say. You know your future. You've got four years of laundry. Well, here, take it. Slob. You know, I think I liked him better when he was Mia Farrell. 
Now you go along, dear, and meet all your other guests. Hi, Hi Benji. Benji. How hello. Are you? How are you? Hello, Hi, Sam. Hello. <laughs> well, hello, Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin, you remember me, don't you? Yes, Mrs. Robinson. Well, then why are you ignoring me like this? I'm, I'm thinking about my future. So am I. <laughs> but I'm thinking about five, ten years from now. I'm thinking about tonight. <laughs> Have a cigarette. No. No, thank you. Don't you smoke? No. Don't you drink? No. Well, I've been out to Why are you fighting me? Don't you think I'm attractive? Well. Don't you think I'm beautiful? No, Mrs. Robinson. Uh, do you think I'm too aggressive? Now, look, Mrs. Robinson, I just got home from school. I... Miss, Mrs. Robinson, please, now, I want you to stay away from me. Now, please, now, I didn't come home from school. Look, I, I'm going to think of... Look, Mrs. Robinson, now, please. please I'm, Mrs. Robinson, now, stay away from me. Stay away from me. Look at Mrs. Robinson, where is all of this leading to? To the Sycamore Hotel at Fifth and Grand. Mrs. Robinson! <laughs> Yes, sir. What will you have? I'll have a Shirley Temple. <laughs> yes, sir. With two cherries. all over me. Well, just take your handkerchief and wipe it off. I'll use a napkin. My mother has enough dirty laundry. <laughs> Benjamin, 
Did you get the room? What? Did you get the room? No. I didn't know whose name it signed. Mine or yours? Yeah, can I just go to the desk and sign Mr. and Mrs. John Smith? Who are they? They're us. Now go to the desk and then call me on the phone and tell me the number of the room. Go on. Mrs. Robinson, please. It's Smith. Time to take that fling into the jaws of passion, Smith. Watch the way the huntress traps the elf. How sad to know she's thinking, brother, this is it. She'd get more loving and more laughs from Lawrence Wilk. Sir. I'd like a room, please. Of course. Will you register, please? Yeah. <laughs> please. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. Mr. and Mrs. John Smith, have you any luggage? Just my water pick. <laughs> Sir, in that case, you'll have to pay in advance. How much? How much for the Sixteen dollars. Sixteen dollars? Sir, those are our rates. Sixteen dollars? If you please, sir. Do you want the room or don't you? I'm thinking it over. <laughs> Here. Thank you very much. Here is your key. You're welcome. May I use uh, your phone or something? There is a phone booth right over there, public phone. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Sir, you forgot your luggage. <laughs> yourselves. Hello. Mrs. Smith? Yes. I have a collect call for you. Come into my birdcage, said the falcon to the fish. Come and let me show you where it's at. At last the time has come to tickle, slap, and pinch. But Bobby Benji only wants to sit and chat. <laughs> well, that 
to your television set. It takes a quarter to start it and 50 cents to stop it. Well, that'll be all. Okay, Mrs. Robinson. The name is Smith. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Benjamin. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you will have one of those days when you run into a no-good cheapskate who won't tip you. You're no fortune teller. I just told yours. Now get out. <laughs> now let's sit down and talk. Benjamin. What? Lock the door. Why? Why? Lock the door. You. <laughs> okay, now give me the key. Mrs. Robinson, why are you locking the window? We're on the 10th floor. The last guy jumped. <laughs> Look, we've wasted enough time. Sit down, darling. Oh, Mrs. Robinson, please, now stop. I didn't want to come here in the first place. Oh, I love you. Please, now, don't. What's wrong, Emma? you ever kissed a girl? I think so. <laughs> What do you mean you think so? How can you tell? Everybody has long hair today. <laughs> a ray! There's a ray! A ray! A ray! I want my water. I'm gonna get out of here. Shut up! Shut up! That's your real spot. Don't fight me. Don't Please, fight me. I'm going to get out of here no, somewhere. No, you aren't. I am too. No, you aren't. I'm not going to no, get out of here. I'm going to get out of here. Wait a minute. Please, I'm going to get out of here. It's the last thing I do. We're closing the generation gap, Dad. This is Robin. Good night, Dick. Say good night, Dick. Good night, Dan. Good night, Mrs. Robinson. Good night, Mrs. Robinson. The name is Smith. Lucky this is a gasoline truck. Yes, sir. Texaco Sky Chief gasoline. Well, good. Then you can sell me some. I'm afraid not. But a truck like this must hold thousands and thousands of gallons. 
Yes, sir, of the gasoline that can drive down the cost of driving and save you money. I know, I know that. Sky Chief can save you money on mileage and repairs because it keeps deposits from building up on valves better than any other leading gasoline. But, driver, can't you sell me any Sky Chief? I'm sorry, sir. Even if I could, the truck's empty. But I'll have the Texaco dealer up the road bring you a couple of gallons. trust their car to the man who wears the Texaco star. Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed our bag. And I want to thank all of the people who did their thing tonight. Phyllis Diller, Eddie Fisher, Lou Rawls, Dick Clark, Rowan and Martin, Jack Lemon, Walter Matha. And now, because we haven't done a show together for four years, my lifelong friend, Rochester. Now, the reason I brought you out, I want to tell you about a great idea I have for a new series we can do next year. Good, good. What is it? Well, we can be two tennis players who are really spies working for the CIA. Hold it. Hold it. That was done last season. Oh. Well, then we can play two bounty hunters in the post-Civil War period. Hold it. That's being done this season. Well, I have another idea. How about you coming back to work for me as my valet? Hold it, Blue Eyes. We don't do that anymore. I wish I could stay out here a little longer, but it's getting late. And I promise the parents of that 19-year-old boy that I'd have his face home by midnight. <laughs> Good night, Jack Benny's Bag was brought to you by... Texaco! Makers of Texaco Sky Chief. The gasoline can drive down the cost of driving and save you money. Right, Daddy? <laughs> more and more people trust their car to the man who wears the Texaco star.
Why are you locking the window? We're on